You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 114. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey, moms. Are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour instead of the $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work? If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward in your tech career. It's like no other membership program available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as I walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Good morning or afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are, whatever time you are listening. Today, we're talking about be a mentor. That's our topic. And so I'm going to spend this time to really talk to you about why I think it's important that you be a mentor, that you be a mentor to someone else. And I know many of you listening don't really need convincing that you need to have a mentor or mentors. And I hear that a lot, like, oh, I really want some people to mentor me. And that's beautiful. I think you should be a mentor and have a mentor and multiple are great. But I talk a little bit, I want to talk in real specifics about this topic. I think it can be very helpful to your growth and to permeating this culture of you are techie. So in the previous episode 113, so youartechie.com slash 113, I talk about money and why I might be a good mentor for you on this subject, because I'm likely just one step ahead of you. Now, if you listen to that episode and you felt like you were already past the topics that I discussed, like the hurdles that I was talking about, if you didn't experience, if you're no longer experiencing that pain or you haven't, then you probably need a mentor who's further along in that space. Maybe someone who's spent more time on that topic and subject than I have. Here are some names. You might want to try Ramit Sethi, Jen Sincero, Dave Ramsey, Bob Proctor, or Ken Honda. Those are some people who you can turn to. They're spending their careers on the topic of money or a big part of it. And so they know more than I do about it. And I won't be offended. Maybe you need episode 113 right now, but in six months, you won't. You'll need someone who's that next step ahead of you. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I listened to this episode of the Lewis Howes School of Greatness podcast episode, and I will link to that episode in the show notes. But he talks about mentors. And I didn't just listen to this episode, okay? I went to town on it. I listened to it, paused, took notes, built a strategy, executed the strategy. I mean, I really took it in like it was the most important material because I knew that this was an area of growth that I needed in my life. And so I want to share that with you to hopefully help you to formulate in your mind your strategy for mentorship. And so what I learned from that episode was that while mentors like Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss, they got me like really excited. They think bigger than me. They can help me through that 
aspect, they really are not just one step ahead of me. And so, I mean, I love you, Techie. We're doing amazing work. And so maybe one day that will happen. But since Tony's been in business like over 30 years and he has 54 companies or whatever, it just isn't an accurate statement to think, oh, he's going to be one step ahead of me. So I listen to him for inspiration, but mentorship is maybe not the direct link there. And Lewis really taught me that if you can get laser focused on what you need, you can find the right mentor for that one specific thing. And that's another piece to this is knowing who is a good mentor for you in a specific area. So Whitney Johnson is a mentor of mine. I've learned a lot from her S-curve framework and having her on the podcast. And she's miles ahead of me in some areas. But in learning, I put a lot of time in, into my career, into learning and that aspect of it. So it, I love that she can take me further and push me in that way. And then Amy Porterfield, she helped me sell courses. I mean, I have been a teacher in some form for a long time. I have a master's degree in designing courses. But in terms of selling courses, I really needed that guidance and help from her. And this really isn't about how much you're spending, you know, personal one-on-one time with them. It's not about how well you know them. Those are not that much of an important factor. Someone can be your mentor by just listening to their podcast. And like I did with Lewis, taking notes and getting really specific. The books that you read, you can take them in through that way. Now, I do know that you're going to want to spend physical or uh, digital time. What do we call that when we like to do a Zoom call or whatever phone time? That's great that you have people that you can do that with. Not everyone has to be that, right? Like you can listen to this podcast and I can get you to that next step of getting hired. That's a way that we can do that. So it's not looking at mentorship in that way where maybe some people you have more intimate relationship with and some people are mentoring you from afar. Both of those are needed and necessary. What's more important is that you have laser focus on the areas that you're getting mentorship in and that you are, you know, finding that aspect of the growth that you need. Okay. Well, that's all about your own mentorship, but this really is a podcast about you being a mentor. And I, I want to teach you what you have to offer. Now, Once my students get hired, it's like this like switch in their brain. It's very easy. They're like, oh my gosh, I want to teach this and I want to, you know, I can share that. It's not usually that hard for them to think about how they can be a mentor because they look at the different ways that they've grown. But what I would really like to see is for mentorship to start even sooner, to start that process even sooner. And so let me walk you through what that could look like for you. Because if you're thinking, what do I even have to offer? Let me make it manageable and break it down so that even if you're at the beginning of your journey, which I know can be very overwhelming, I also know that you can overserve people if you're trying to help a bunch of different people. And we don't want to do that. We don't want you to be like, you need help, but let me see how I can help you. We want to have a better laser focus on how you can repeatedly help people move forward in a way that serves you and your energy, not in a way that makes you feel distracted from the goal that you're going after. So (laughs) I'm really sorry, but this answer is going to come from your pain. (laughs) Why do I have to talk about pain so much in UX and getting tired? But I really do think that this is an important piece. When you have a painful emotional experience, you are tied to it. When you come through that, 
the learning that takes place can be cemented in your brain and that can be really beneficial to share with other people. From my own personal story, right, being a stay-at-home mom, loved it. But when I wanted to return to the workforce, it was way more painful than it had to be. I decided to make a company out of it, took that pain and, you know, translated into that. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. You can just take your pain and help people by responding to their social post. But let me give you some examples of what you have to offer when you're in, let's just say your first few weeks of even deciding or learning to break into tech. So you are brand new. And if you're a few weeks in and you're like, "Ugh, this is so hard. This is a great thing to do to build your momentum. You're feeling like, am I ever going to get here? It's good to look back and say, what have I actually learned and what do I have to share? So let me give you these specific examples. And it's less about using these examples and more about taking your pain and applying your own examples to it. And so you might not use these examples exactly, but you could take something similar, if that makes sense, based on your own pain. Okay. Idea number one, let's say you're scrolling mindlessly through job postings and you see that in quotes, everyone (laughs) needs five to seven years of experience to get hired. So there are no entry-level jobs. You're just going to quit. You, It's not even possible. This is so hard. It makes you want to cry. So did you hear the pain on that? But here's what happens. Instead of quitting, you know, you cry like on the bathroom floor, whatever needs to happen. And then you hear the You Are Techie podcast or you come to one of our webinars, or you talk to someone who actually got hired with no prior experience, so you know that that painful experience that you had searching mindlessly through job postings, but not really having a target, it's not actually pain that has to be true for you. You can actually come out of it. You can share that with the world. This is being a mentor. You can post in a Facebook group. You can just post your own thread, even if no one is asking for that. You can say, have you ever had this experience? Here, here's how I solved it. Or you can see that someone posted, is it even possible to get hired with no prior experience? You can say, I doubted that too, but look at that she did it and she did it. And I heard this podcast. You can respond to someone and you know that it's not helpful, right? That indeed death scroll, the mindlessly searching of job postings and then saying how you're not qualified. So that is being a mentor. And you might say, well, how can like one social post do it? Well, Maybe that's just something you do weekly. Every Friday, you go to a few different Facebook groups, you find out if anyone's struggling with that specific thing, and you just solve their problem. And if nobody is, maybe you make a a little post about it and you just say, this is, hey, this is what I thought, but here's how I've come through it. You take that pain and you transition it. So that's idea number one. Idea number two for how you can be a mentor in your first few weeks Maybe you're using Figma or GitHub and it seems really confusing. And let's be honest, at the beginning, it is really confusing. Everything is just so major. Did I lose my files? I'm making one button. It's so time consuming. How am I ever going to have all of these different buttons and screens? I screwed up my merge. How do I even do that? But then you finally figure out, oh, I've done this. It was so hard in the beginning. Now I've done it three times and I've got this. I've got this. The mistake that we make is thinking that we're the only ones. I want to assure you, you are not the only one. If you have had a problem, someone else has had this problem too. 
This was a repeated message that I had to overcome. It was very hard because when I went to computer science, I was very new and other people had done it for longer than I had. And so I always thought someone else knew the answer. Someone else knew the answer. And I would always go to someone else. And I didn't trust myself until I actually did the projects end to end myself. And I didn't realize how many other people had these problems. And now after years of doing this, I can tell you, if you have had the problem, someone else has had it. I see it over and over again. I don't think I have ever seen a post where someone's like, hey, I had trouble with this. Anyone else have trouble? And they're like, nope, no, I never had that problem. No, you're the only one who had trouble with GitHub. It doesn't happen. I know it feels like it, but you are not. You're not the only person who has trouble getting Figma set up and ready to go. You're not. So what is that one thing that you learned? What is that one aspect that really helped you? Maybe it's like one tool in the menu, okay? Whatever it is, post that. Maybe instead of a social post, this time you're writing a blog. Medium, you can just post it on Medium and for free. And you can just share that. You can just share that in whatever manner suits you. But maybe this time it's a blog that you're going to share. Hey, I wrote a blog on this. It's just free. I'll share it with you. And you can post it on your social. You can put it on your LinkedIn, whatever. You're just kind of helping people in that way. All right. I'm Idea number three. Idea number three. Maybe you're super nervous to go to your first meetup but you overcome that fear and you show up. And not only do you show up, but you tell someone that you're looking to break into tech and then they agree to meet you for coffee. How can you share that strategy with even one other person? Maybe you tell a friend. Maybe at your next meetup, you say, hey, I did this and I was really nervous, but it worked out for me. Maybe you send an email to some women that you're working through this information with, you're getting hired together and you, you share it, you're like, hey, this is my experience. Whatever it is for you, those are three ways that in your first few weeks of breaking into tech, you can be a mentor. Okay, so I've given you those three very specific ideas. I've kind of overcome the how could I possibly do that? And you can adapt and adjust them for whatever's true for you and your experience, right? I mean, if that's your experience, go for it, take it. But remember to go to those areas that were most painful for you. That's going to help you. And I also mentioned over-serving before. So I want to be clear that while I'm just giving you three examples, I really do think you should have about three ways that you are giving. And those ways will change along your tech journey. They will change, right? When you're, once you're hired, my students don't necessarily want to mentor Figma, the first, like the getting started in Figma. They don't necessarily want to like do those beginning things, but they do want to do other things like accessibility or sometimes they want to do community building, the networking, because they it's so contrary to what we think. We're like, oh, no, let me look at job postings. I will apply to job postings. But they often want to do something that's further along the path. And that's great. So you will want that, too. The reason that I say three is that it can be tempting, <laughs> personal experience, to go out there and once you know you see other people struggling, can I even get hired? Tech? You want to help everybody. You want to help. I know. If you're like me, you want to help everybody, and we cannot. We need to help people. We need to help in a more directed energy way with like a real problem that we've experienced, and then that will precipitate, right? Like someone will read it. The person who needs to read it will read it. And so you want to be focused on, you know, these are the three ways that I'm giving. 
and not overserve by being distracted by all these different ways. Okay. And maybe you only serve that for a few weeks and then you're like, you know what? I'm ready to move on to something else. I'm going to change one of my three ways. But really, I encourage you to have three ways written down that you are serving. So if you go onto a Facebook group, you can say, okay, I'm looking for someone who has that specific problem. And we just want to be laser focused on what we are offering to other people. And I think it's normal to change those every few weeks in the beginning. And then after that, it would be maybe every six months as you grow, because you'll start to learn like, oh, I really like this aspect of it. I really like uh, product strategy, or I like accessibility, or I like React, not Angular or Vue, whatever. You start to pick what's just more fun for you. And and you don't have to apologize or explain. There's going to be someone else who likes some something else that you like React, they like Vue. Great. Then you guys can each share in those different ways. And that can be really helpful. So be a mentor. Most of you, you're like, yeah, I'm okay, that's great. I, I can see how I can be helpful. You just want to be helpful. And I think that's the right place for it to come from. But I do want to round out this conversation by letting you know that this is going to benefit you. It's going to benefit you because people want to work with someone who behaves in this way, who is a mentor to other people just generously. You're going to be that person that they want to work with. Like, from the from episode 110 secret weapon interview questions Shelly Blackburn says whose life have you changed who's li-? and and you know maybe in your interview you can say i'm not sure all the people's life have changed but let me show you how i show up as a mentor i've done this and that and helped people in this way that's a great answer if you can live that out so i have in my business i have anchors for anchors that ground me and how I'm showing up. There are lots of different ways that people help women get hired in tech, right? And go to a boot camp and get a degree. There are lots of different ways. There are other returnship mom programs and there are, are lots of ways to do it. So how am I doing it? One of the ways that I do it is I really believe in the apprenticeship model. That's one of my anchors, apprenticeship model. I use it to guide my business, my courses, my podcast. I think about it when I do my podcast. I look at the lens that I'm offering to you. This is check that apprenticeship model box. And I want to make sure that I'm bringing this up every so many episodes because I do think that this is one of the stark contrasts in tech. It's just different than traditional schooling. Tech is more like this apprenticeship model. And luckily, we have things like Reddit and forums and social media and online. So we can mentor more than one person. And the apprenticeship model was more of a one-to-one. We can kind of say, oh, one to you know, one-to-one now, one-to-one here, and then a social post that helps a lot of people one-to-many. We can apply this apprenticeship model more broadly, but make no mistake, it is the apprenticeship model. You're doing the work And then you're getting feedback and you're figuring out where am I going wrong? I'm looking for someone who is an expert, but really you're looking for someone who is a mentor, who is one step ahead of you, who is the master to your apprenticeship. And that is what you're looking for as you grow through tech. That is how tech works. That's the undercurrent of open source. We're going to learn from each other because it's going to benefit the world and we'll make money along the way using this model. But we are teaching each other. So I think that's an important piece here is that if you ascribe to be in tech, you're not coming and saying, well, okay, teach me this, help me here. You're not just called to look for mentors. You are called to actually be a mentor. 
So hopefully you can see how beneficial it is to the ecosystem of tech to be a mentor and to help people and to really get into this space of apprenticeship model. So when you're considering whether or not you are a mentor, consider how beneficial it would be for you to have a mentor who's just one step ahead of you pulling you along. Okay, I have a great story for this visual. So I remember one time in football, yes, I played tackle football. If you're like, how did you do that? They called it a semi-pro league. Don't be too impressed, okay? (laughs) The league was legit. The team was legit. I was the third string quarterback and not really a significant member to the team, just so we're clear. But and it was tackle. So I played this after college, if you're wondering. The team was called the Detroit Demolition. And it was a lot of fun. But again, a very short career. My shoulder kind of gave out. And but this is a good story. So I'm playing women's football and I happened to play with someone. So I grew up playing basketball, volleyball and softball. And I grew up playing the same schools again and again. And so this now woman I played against my whole career, my whole athletic career. Now we're on the same team. And her name is Annie Jokic. And she's now a nun. And for some of you, you're like, a football playing nun, you know, really unique. But for me, I I know nuns are like the toughest people ever. I mentioned my aunt who was a nun previously. And so it to me, it's not does not surprise me. So I am I was an athlete. I am an athlete. Speed was not really my forte. It was I struggled with the speed aspect. And that's important in this. Annie did not struggle. She was quite fast. We have to run, not, yeah, it's laps. We have to run laps in a certain amount of time. I don't remember the time. And we're running around a football field. But as a quarterback, so I was the, okay, the third string quarterback. You have to run with the backs. Like you're running with receivers and the running backs. Those are the fastest people on the team, just so we're clear. And quarterbacks are not necessarily fast, right? Tom Brady, famous quarterback, not fast. And so the time I have to beat is really fast. It's not like I'm a lineman here. If we beat the time, then we get to stop running. And if we don't, we get to keep running. And so we are running and I am working really hard. I'm working so hard. This is gross. I'm sorry. But I did go vomit on the side of the field and then got back on the line because that's what you do in football. And I'm supposed to run this time. And Annie's seeing me and she's like, I'm not sure Ellen's going to make it. I'm sure that's what she's thinking. And so we're running and she's running right next to me. And she grabs my jersey like from the front and she pulls me for at least half of that lap. I don't even know more. And she pulls me across that line and we make it and we're done. And the thing is, I look back on that experience fondly. I am grateful that Annie did that. I am grateful she was, it was not a mean-spirited thing. It was not violent or vicious. It was not cruel. She just didn't want to run anymore, and I don't blame her. And she pulled me along because she was quite literally a step ahead of me, okay? That is the beautiful thing that can happen In a mentorship relationship, when you are at your weakest, when you are not really capable of doing what you are being asked to do in that moment, having a mentor one step ahead of you can just pull you that step forward and move you forward in that way that you need across the finish line that you need in that moment. And you can be that for someone else. I know you want to do that too. Thank you so much for being here. I had a ton of fun. 
I hope you did too. I hope you like my football story. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at uartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.